strange things are afoot at the Circle K. I'm very important. Uh, I have any leather-bound book, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. I, I'm friends with Merlin Olsen, too. He comes over on occasion. What's going on, everybody out there in podcast land and podcast listening land? This is podcast doing land. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Strange Things Are Afoot at the Circle K, the best, worst, most unprofessional podcast on the intraweb. Also, the most confusing name and hardest to find, apparently. Um, thank you for your support. Uh, I, I am very... Um, self-deprecating about how few listeners I have, but I don't, I don't mind cause it's slowly growing because I do have some listeners out there and I do appreciate people that, uh, give my podcast the time of day or give it a chance. I really do appreciate it. So, um, what's been going on in the world? A ton of things have been going on in the world since the last time I cracked a mic on this. Uh, but what's going on, been going on in my world? Well, um, I've been really jumping in both feet with some new hobbies, uh, outdoorsy type stuff. So um, I've been getting into archery, bought myself a a new used compound bow, and I brought my, bought myself a brand new 308 rifle and took my wife shooting for the first time. She I took her shooting handguns before. But she's never shot a rifle in her entire life, so I start out with a 308, not a 22. I I told her we we're gonna go to the gun store, buy herself a 22. But of course, I set foot in there, and a little about me, um, you know. Of course, I'm in the military. I was in the infantry for eight years. I did some sniper type stuff way back in the day, very briefly, very briefly. But I was. Uh, the year I was in Afghanistan, I definitely was balls deep in some weapons and weapons training and, and marksmanship and, and, uh, all kinds of cool shit. And then when I got back, I did some training of some soldiers. Um, I was still kind of into it, still shot with the sniper section, still trained people with the different sniper weapons. And then I kind of got out of it. And really for the past five or six years, I've maybe shot at a rifle range, maybe, half a dozen times in five years. So, um, and I don't even own a rifle or I didn't or a handgun or anything. I just, I let the army do all that shit. It's like, if I wanted to shoot, I would go to an army range. I didn't, I didn't need my own personal weapon. At least I didn't think I did. Well, fast forward, moved up here to Wyoming. Everybody hunts, everybody fishes, everybody, uh, shoots, everybody bow hunts, you know, um, you know, use shotguns for bird hunting, you name it. And so I, it was starting to kind of seep in a little bit like, ah, man, I would, there's shooting ranges around that are like next to nothing to go to. And long story short, I was like, I need to get back into shooting. And so I wanted to start to start with bow hunting or uh, bow shooting is just try to learn archery. I've never, I've shot a bow before, but I definitely not proficient in it. And and uh, wanted to just learn something new. I wanted to challenge myself. But my bow, the bow that I bought, the strings fucking snapped on me like the first day that I was fucking around with it. Partially my fault. Didn't know that you really shouldn't dry fire a fucking bow. (laughs) Hey, lesson learned. 
the best way of learning something is to fuck it up. So it's going to be an expensive fuck up because strings aren't cheap. So I'm having it restrung and I'm going to have it uh, calibrated to my draw length. Um, needed a couple parts to be able to adjust that. Anyway, so my bow is in the shop and I was like, man. So I dropped off the bow at this uh, at the shop, and of course they got all kinds of rifles and guns and everything else. And the person made a joke like, "Hey, you, you know, looks like you need to go back to, you know, actual rifle shooting instead of leave bow hunting to someone else." Since I already broke my fucking strings before I even shot an arrow, um, and I was like, "Yeah, that's you know, that's a that's a good thought." Well, I started looking at guns, uh, rifles, and I was like, "Wow, these are not too." expensive and I was showing my wife and and told her hey 22s are fun to shoot the ammo is super cheap the guns are super cheap and they don't kick they're not super dangerous they're not super loud it'd be perfect for you so I convinced her hey let's go and 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 buy one they're only you know a couple hundred dollars you can get a a, a pretty good little starter rifle um, if you want one of the scope maybe even three hundred dollars and then I decided to buy a <laughs> 308 with a 10 power scope. Um, because once I got in there, I started like, oh, well, if I'm going to buy a 22, I might as well buy like a 223, which is like, you know, assault rifle caliber. Um, well, 223, 556, you know, that, you know, like an M4, M16. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to do that, I might as well do this. And long story short, I ended up going for a 308. Um, yeah. So anyway, I took my wife. We took my brand-new rifle and needed to sight it in, bought a couple boxes of ammo, and I took her shooting. For the first time in her life, she shot a, a rifle, and it was a 308. Not a not a 22, not a 223, you know, not a you know, 30 out 6, a 308. So, um, she liked it, you know, it, it kicked, it scared her a little bit at first, but, um, you know, learning on a bolt action rifle is the way to go. I've, I've, I've learned from teaching other people cause they're comfortable cause there's, you can just put one round in, slide it back. You don't have to worry about the weapon going off. You don't have to, you know, um, most people that, that have what we call in the army negligent discharges, <clears throat> it's because they're not removing the source of ammunition. So like an M4 or M16 has a 30-round box magazine, and they don't realize that there's still one in the chamber, and then they squeeze the trigger, goes off. They think they cleared it, but they don't realize that when you eject a round out, another one pops in. But, you know, you, you, with a bolt action and you just put in one round at a time, you slide that that bolt back and eject that round. Unless you slide that bolt forward again, you don't have to worry too much about it, right? And so she had a level, level of comfort with knowing that, you know, it was we just put one bullet in, one round in, fire it, you know, it's good to go. So uh, she enjoyed it. It was, it was um, man, the, the, if, if, Listeners out there aren't familiar with shooting rifles. You should definitely, if you have a scope on it, get it bore sighted. And I, it's been so long since I've shot, I kind of forgot that. I, I should have asked him, hey, can you bore sight this for me? And then I got to the range, the guy's like, hey, has this been bore sighted? And I was like, um, sure. <laughs> you know, yes. And I shot probably 
fucking 10 rounds and couldn't even hit the paper. Like had no idea where the fucking bullet was going um, at 100 meters. So I went to the 50 meter range and saw that I was fucking like at 50 meters. I mean, I was like, you know, probably three feet off. And so it took another 20 rounds just to get it, you know, kind of lined in. And then finally we were able to shoot and actually, you know, see what this, this, uh, weapon system can do. My wife did pretty good for her first time, uh, did pretty good shooting, just normal fundamental things with, you know, not controlling your breathing or trigger squeeze or, you know, little things like that. But she's, she did really good. So I was really proud of her. Um, she wanted maybe some different little earplugs next time because a 308 will wear you out if you shoot it all day. It'll make your shoulders sore and it'll make your ears ring after a while. It just gets, you know, um, you know, it'll, it'll get to you after a while. It just kind of wears you out. But <clears throat> anyway, it was a lot of fun. Um, my first rifle that I've that I've bought. Uh, I've I usually shoot other people's rifles or like I said, shoot the army's rifles. So I've never even I've owned a handgun that's it so it it kind of I got the bug now now I'm wanting to go and go and shoot all the time so so that's all I need is another hobby to take me away from things like this my podcast Whoop. sorry that was the bill of my hat hitting the microphone <sighs> slow down Johnny you're talking too fast okay so um Shooting, hopefully my bow will uh, be repaired in the next week and I can take that out and, and see what I can do, what kind of damage I can cause with that. So it's it's going to be a very uh, good fall for that kind of stuff. Um, what else has been going on? Uh, nothing, nothing too exciting besides that, besides just, you know, working, working a lot of long hours, um, you know, I, I try not to talk about politics on this podcast just because I've noticed that uh, politics is one of those things that that everybody has an opinion on. And um, it's, it's hard to kind of give your point of view without somebody just being on Team Red or Team Blue fucking blowing up. No one wants to have an open mind, open discussion. So I just, you know, I don't feel like getting into it most of the time in the, in this podcast. But, you know, with all the stuff that's been going on, you know, the hurricanes really took President Trump out of the news for a while. Uh, but he's starting to come back with, you know, the DACA stuff, the immigration stuff. And immigration, to me, is kind of one of those weird issues that people, like I said, they either want to be on the right side or the left side. But when you really look at it, Okay, from a pragmatic standpoint, to me, it's not a political issue. It's an issue of, okay, pragmatism. Okay, it's it's just look at it from a practical standpoint. Okay, we have 350 million Americans. Um, how many of them are undocumented? I don't know. I mean, I've read the statistics, but I'm not going to quote it to you because I don't I don't know how accurate it is. Uh, but you have a handful of undocumented. Um, immigrants, how many of them pay taxes or don't pay taxes? I have no idea. I'm not one of those people that think, oh, they're destroying the economy or whatever else, because, you know, there's, there's a couple different phases to the economy. One is taxes. 
um, you know, if uh, it, and it's, it's always weird because you always hear the Republicans, the ones that are against taxes, they want everyone to pay them, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's kind of weird. It's like, okay, these guys, are they paying taxes? Are they not? Who knows? But that's only a part of the economy that, that only funds the government, your tax dollars. Um, but what funds the private sector is having, no matter if they're an immigrant, no matter if it's a tourist, whatever, they're spending money. They're having to buy cars. They're having to buy gas. They're having to buy shelter. They're buying food. They're buying clothes. And they're not buying it from Mexico or Canada or Ireland. They're buying it from the United States. And so, you know, they're having an M- impact on the economy in some way. So, you know, like I said, I can see it from both standpoints. Does it piss me off to think about all the money I spend in taxes and knowing that somebody else is getting the benefits of paved roads and military safety and cops and firefighters and everything and they're not paying a dime? Fuck yeah, it pisses me off. Um, but I also know being a member of the military, uh, I understand what we're fighting for. And this is what we're fighting for is the is not okay there's it's it's a twofold thing america and americans we'll put that in one category and the idea of what america is and what is the idea of america well to me the idea of america is and this is what we've always wanted to be since i was a little kid is america wants to be the place that everybody wants to come to now I'm not, you know, we're just, just hear me out. We're going to go down to that road of, do we want them here? Whatever. But let's all agree that that's what we want as I think we can all agree that we want to be a country that everybody looks up to. Everybody wants to be involved with. Okay. Let me take a drink. This is my buy. I, I uh, the antioxidant, like uh, coconut water type stuff. I'm not drinking the carbonated stuff this time because last time I was a belchy McBelch belch. I'm not going to do that again to you people. So this stuff won't make me belch because it's not carbonated. Okay. So what was I saying? All right. So yes, we want to be the country that everybody wants to go to, that everybody wants to visit, that everybody aspires to be an American or have the freedoms of America. I mean, for God's sakes, that's pretty much our foreign policy. And it has been for, you know, uh, 60 years of, we want to make other countries like America, you know, democracies, free trade, all that good shit. Okay. So I think I'll go ahead and go out on a limb and say, I think everybody can agree on that. Now, I don't know that we can all agree that we we want to be liked by everybody because I don't even think that. I, I don't think it's necessary. We don't want to be where Europe or whatever is like, we love America. We want to be just like America. We look up to America, um, you know, in the in the sense of we, we like Americans or we like what America is about or whatever because you're going to get haters, you know, like – Think of any successful person that got their haters, right? I, I see that as America. America is like a big successful billionaire and uh, people hate on them, right? <clears throat> so I, I, we don't need that. But do we want 
people immigrating to America. Okay, so we need to go back in history and not even to the founding of this country, but just to the last hundred years. And what made America great? All right. And it was, you know, the the 20th century is what from 1900, you know, to the year 2000, that's where America had its greatest growth. We had a lot of economic decline. Um, we had some ups and downs in the 1800s, 1900, early 1900s. We had some big downs, some ups, some downs, and then World War II hit. And then we were off fucking run after World War II. We were officially a superpower. Um, we were, we were knocking on that door, um, you know, before that, but World War II is probably officially when we became a superpower. And one of the reasons why we were a superpower, no matter if it was, um, winning the war or, um, having, you know, some of our science breakthroughs, some of our, um, you know, uh, entrepreneurs and inventors and all, and scientists and all that stuff, right. Is we, we wanted the best and the brightest coming to America. So we had an immigration policy where people, no matter where they're from, it was better to be in America. So if they were German, if they're Austrian, if they were Irish, if they were from India, they're from South Africa, if they wanted a better life, they would want to come to America. So that's a good place for us to be in because of course, look at all the great discoveries and stuff that weren't from, you know, fourth generation Americans. They were first generation Americans or immigrants, you know, um, where, or second generation Americans, you know, where it's their, their, their parents came, uh, came here to this country so they could have a better life and they become, you know, great people in America and help build America to what it is. Now you could even go back further than that and show, you know, the, the positives of immigration. You could show some negatives to immigration, but we've always been a country of immigrants, but you can't always, you can't always say, Hey, we've, this is the way that we started. So we always have to be that. It's, it's like saying to your kids, hey, we went out to dinner on Monday, so we have to go out to dinner every Monday. No, because sometimes what happens when you run out of money? Do you go out to dinner every fucking Monday now? Do you go out to dinner Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Do you go out to dinner only once a month? What do you do? It's, it's, to me, it should be a, um, it's, it's an open discussion of can we go out to dinner on Monday. We will do it as long as it works for us, but if it doesn't work for us anymore, we're not doing it. And that's the way I see immigration is yes, in an idealized world, you would like to say, come one, come all, bring me your sick and your lonely and your hungry and your you know, your deprived people, your abused people, um, whoever wants a better life come to America. But we've been that for a long time. We really have. And I don't think that it is a bad thing, no matter if you're on the left or the right, to revisit our immigration policies from time to time. And we are uh, vastly overdue with revisiting that and just trying to figure out what what do we want to be in the year 2017 or 18? What, what do we want to speak to the world? And I was talking with my wife about it uh, a couple days ago, and, you know, 
sometimes you forget that other countries, no matter how great they are, they don't want you. Try to immigrate to another country. Just try to be a regular person and immigrate, let's say, to Japan. Just for a second, say, I want to live and work in Japan. And so the first thing you do is go, okay, I'm going to sell all my my house, my all my property, my car and everything. I'm going to save up some money. I'm going to get a plane ticket uh, to Japan, go over there and live for, let's say, you know, save up enough money to live there for like four or five months. And hopefully in the four or five months, I'll find a job. Okay, doing something. Well, you'll realize very quickly that one, they're going to want you to have a job already before you get over there. And two, having a work visa is way different than, you know, being a permanent resident. That even if you somehow can um, get a job, be a permanent resident over there, you still can't buy land. That's what's weird. It's Or I shouldn't even say it's weird. It's actually weird how we do it. That we that we will allow people like the Chinese, they're not even citizens or whatever, and we'll allow them to be over in China and buy a bunch of fucking land in America. I mean, China owns half of fucking New York City, for God's sakes. Can't do that in Japan. I can't be a billionaire and own a whole bunch of shit in Japan. You know, um, you can't be a landowner. And so there's a lot of countries that are like that, that it's very, very hard to, I mean, there's there's third world countries that they don't want you living there unless you can show that you have um, some kind of income that you're getting from America because they don't want you to be a to be taking a job from someone else like Belize. I, I researched uh, moving down to Belize because there's a lot of Americans that live down there. They use the the dollar as their currency. English is their official language. Um, but they want people that are retired, ex- expatriates, people that are American, don't want to live in America anymore, but they don't need a job. Because if you go down to Belize and you go, hey, I'm just going to live down here and live the good life and just be like a waiter or something at a restaurant. You can't. You can get a job as a waiter, but they have to interview every fucking person in that country. And if no one wants the fucking job that lives there, that's already a citizen, then and only then can you get it. It's not like that in this country. Everything in this country, we've been very much like, I'll fucking hire you as long as you will work cheaper than the next person. I don't care if you don't speak English. I don't care that you don't have a driver's license. I don't care that you're not even a citizen. If you can pick this crop, if you can roof this house, if you can fucking, you know, carry this bag of shingles up a ladder, I am going to, I'm going to employ you. And we've been doing that for so long. And there's people that have gotten rich by exploiting our lax immigration policies. And I hate to say it, but the majority of those people um, that I've met in my life that have been exploiting that are Republicans. <laughs> you know, it's, and it's kind of ironic. I've met, uh, when I lived out in Western Kansas, there was a ton of farmers out there that the only people that were working on their farms were immigrants, were people that didn't even speak English. You can't tell me that they were documented um, that th- those were all documented workers. They weren't. And all those farmers were Republicans, you know, and they were all hiring immigrants for pennies on the dollar. 
Uh, same with when I used to roof houses in, uh, in Missouri. Um, me and my buddy, they told us that we were the only teardown crew, this one company, we're the only teardown crew in any roofing company that wasn't Hispanic in, in the whole Kansas City, Missouri area. Now, I doubt that that was true, but when we would go to other job sites and, and look at other roofing companies and stuff, their teardown crews were always, you know, a bunch of Mexicans or, you know, Honduras or Guatemala or where the fuck they were from, somewhere in, you know, uh, Central America, in most of the time Mexico, and they didn't speak any English and they would, they would work super fucking cheap. Right. And the only, and we, you know, me, I would work that cheap when I was 18 years old because I needed a job. So that's why they hired me too. But if I, if I said, no, I, I want, you know, an actual, um, W W two and get paid like legit for this company, they wouldn't have hired me. But because I decided to get paid under the table and all this other shit, they fucking hired me just like they would an immigrant. So my point is that these companies that want all the tax breaks and they, you know, vote fiscal conservatism and everything, they're also exploiting that system. And so I I do think behind closed doors that there's there is some pushback um, in the Republican Party that there are probably certain people that hire lobbyists that say, hey, we don't want to kick out all these fucking immigrants because now I'm going to have to hire actual U.S. citizens and they're going to want health benefits. They're going to want, you know, um, over minimum wage. I mean, just think about it for a second. The healthcare debate with most of it was small businesses and corporations saying we cannot afford to pay everyone's insurance premiums. Well, if you have undocumented workers, you don't have to worry about that. If you are paying someone under the table, don't have to worry about that. I know I used to do that. I've done probably three jobs in my life where I got paid under the table and you know, there's no record of me working for that company. Um, so I know that companies do that shit. <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody fucking knows that shit. And like I said, the, the, this isn't, you know, the, the arts society that's doing this shit. Maybe they are, but it's not the theater group. You know, it's not all these bedwetting liberals. It's a lot of conservatives. It's a lot of Republicans. And so be careful what you wish for. So if we close all our borders, we kick all the Mexicans out, uh, because let's be honest, that's what it's about. We're not, we're not bitching about the, the, the Finnish exchange student that fucking decided to stay over here. We're bitching about the Mexicans, you know? And okay, you kick out all the Mexicans and who's it hurt economically? Who does that hurt the most? Well, those companies that depended on them, and those companies are probably run by fiscal conservatives. Um, so it's it's going to be a very interesting thing to see what they're going to do with that. Now, the whole DACA thing, where where these the the dreamers, the, the the kids that came over here when they were a little kid, and they're wanting to send them back to whatever their country of origin is. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's, it's definitely a catch 22 where you go, okay, these people, they've grew up here. They're pretty much Americans, um, even though they might not be documented or whatever else. But at some point you do have to say to yourself, 
what's the point of having all these laws in our country if we're not going to enforce them? And I can completely understand somebody's take on, okay, we have laws on the books that say if you come here and you're not a citizen, you're not allowed to do this, 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 and this, and you can be deported and all that. And then people freak out when you actually want to do that. And it's not a new law. It's been on the books for a long time. And um, should there be a pathway to citizenship? Should Yes, but remember, there's a lot of people that are exploiting the system. And I know how hard I work. I know how hard it is to get ahead. And I was, you know, I was born in this country. My parents were born in this country. My grandparents were born in this country. Their their parents were born in this country. I'm like fifth generation, you know, on one side, I think like fourth generation on the other side. And so I get that when you have that kind of roots, why people are saying, hey, this is my land, not your land sort of thing, right? And don't even bring the Native Americans into it because that's, I don't even want to go down that road right now. We fucking won. We were the conquerors. End of story. <laughs> I mean, come on. And when you look at the history books, that's what it is. You know, I mean, if somebody conquered somebody else, we you took the land and you don't fucking, you know, renegotiate that later. It just, that's just the way it is. Uh, nobody, you know, that's, that's history. You know, it's whoever the, you know, to the victor goes the spoils. So that's not, that's different than immigration, you know. Uh, the Mexicans didn't come over and conquer us. Actually, Texas is Mexico, and we took that shit. <laughs> so it, for them to go, well, that's technically Mexico. No, it's not, because if if you would have won, you would have fucking took it and something else too. So, I mean, that's just the way that it is. Our borders are drawn based on wars and the victors of those wars. I mean, the the Middle East was drawn by, like, United Kingdom, you know, when they were controlling all that shit. And they were like, okay, this is Afghanistan, this is Pakistan. That's just the way, you know, they did. You, that's, you know, there's no point in arguing that shit. But when we have, in 2017, we have established country, established borders, established laws. Um, when do you start enforcing that? Now, here's the flip side to that argument. How much does it cost to enforce that? Do we have the infrastructure that's necessary to try to, one, identify all the illegals, two, round them up and, and uh, send them back or whatever else? So, you know, there's news stories that have been out um, countless times. I've seen this in the news where somebody got uh, deported and came back and deported again like six or seven times. And they ended up committing a crime. They're saying, well, why is it blah, blah, blah? Take so That kind of shows the, the, the problem isn't deporting people. The problem is there is a problem with the border that they get back over here. Because you, you can deport somebody all you want, but if there's, they got nothing there, there's nothing keeping them there, they're going to come back. And there's something that I think all of us can agree on is if you cannot feed your family, and you cannot make a living, and you are not safe, and you have no future, then I would be a lawbreaker too. If if we had sovereign states here in the sense of like, I couldn't come to Wyoming, I would have to apply for Wyoming citizenship before I can get a job here or whatever else. And and where I came from in, in Kansas was, was horrible. I, I would go to, you know, any lengths and, and it, even if it meant breaking an immigration law, I would do it if it meant that if it worked out, 
it was positive for my family, then it, it would be worth it. And that's what people that immigrate here illegally, some of them are just lazy, but some, and some of them are criminals, but some of them have no other choice. They, they don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. They need some kind of hope. And they know that if they can come over and do well, there's going to be opportunities for them over here. And everybody kind of has a chance. That's, that's the great thing about America. That's what I'm proud of most about being an American is I know how hard it is to get ahead. And some people never do. And I, I never probably will get ahead, but there are people that have, everybody has an opportunity. Everybody has, I don't want to say the same opportunity because to sit there and say that I had the same opportunity to be successful as Donald Trump did is bullshit (laughs) or Richard Branson's kids or, you know, Oprah's, you know, I don't want to say Oprah's kids because she didn't have any, but if she did, you know, or what's that uh, Kim Kardashian's fucking kid's name, West or fucking Northwest or something, whatever, that kid is going to have a thousand more opportunities. You know, Jaden Smith has so many more opportunities I did as a kid. So not everyone starts the same, but here's what's awesome is, you know, there's so many people that either they're talented or they they started a company or whatever else, and they hit it big and they rose to the top. And only in America can you really do that. Um, you know, there's a few other examples in other countries, but everybody has the opportunity. If they work hard and are talented, they're going to have opportunities, right? I'm, I'm very proud of that. That's, that's pretty awesome. And so if I can completely understand why, why people immigrate here. What I don't understand is, and I've saw this on a uh, Instagram post. Somebody posted, somebody waving the America or the uh, Mexican flag, and I've run into this myself, where people are waving the Mexican flag. I'm proud Mexican. They got it on the back of their car, and they're fucking uh, even so much where people have the flags flying outside their house, and they have the Mexican flag over the American flag or whatever country, you know, insert country here. I'm picking on Mexico and Mexicans right now because that's really what this immigration stuff is about. Um, So anyway, so they're waving that, but they choose to live here. They don't want to go back to Mexico so much where you send them back seven, eight, nine times and they keep coming back. So how great is that fucking country? Why the hell are you so proud of being a Mexican if Mexico sucks? I'm proud of being uh, from Kansas City. That's my hometown. I'm I'm proud of that, kind of, I guess. I don't know. But, you know, my point is if it was, if, if I was from, you know, some shitty fucking place and I couldn't wait to get out of there, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, it's kind of weird how pride works. I, I don't. I'm not one of those that I'm, you know, I, I wear all this Kansas City shit. And when the Royals win the World Series, I start wearing Kansas City. I could give a shit about that. I grew up there. I didn't choose to grow up there. It's no different than any other fucking city. There's, if I, if, if, if I have romantic ideas about Kansas City, it's because I grew up there and I know that city better than another city. But I guarantee I would feel the same way no matter where I grew up, right? And so this, this weird pride that we have, this tribalism of, of wanting to connect where our roots are, but our, but that connection is also what drove us somewhere else because it was such a fucked up place. So 
I, I get people getting pissed off because it's like I've lived in those um, predominantly Hispanic communities where nobody speaks English. They're blaring Hispanic music out of their fucking car with the windows down. Um, you know, everything is is Hispanic culture, Mexican flags on everything. And they're the ones screaming uh, that they want to be living here in America, but they don't want to assimilate. They're, like I said, immigrate to another uh, country over in Europe and see if you can get away with that. Wave your American flag over in Ireland, over in England, over in Italy, Spain, Portugal. I'm not even talking about third world countries, Middle East, any of that shit. Just our friendly neighborhood, France. Go over to France and wear nothing but American shit and refuse to speak French. And watch how quickly somebody spits in your on your croissant. You know, I mean, that's just the way that the world is, right? So, you know, when I moved here from Wyoming, I'm not in, from Kansas because I wanted to get the fuck out of Kansas. So I can't come here to Wyoming and then tell everybody how great Kansas is because <laughs> I just came from there because I was sick of it and I needed a change. So what is the point of sitting there and for me to go, oh, Kansas is so much better? Then go the fuck back. That's what I would say to somebody, right? You've met somebody like that before where they moved here. Maybe it was against their will or a kid or whatever else. And they moved somewhere and they're like, oh, I don't like this. You know, this place fucking sucks. You know, I, I heard Pat Thomas talking about this on his podcast where he was talking about moving from Chicago down to Houston. And um, he he kind of had this chip on his shoulder like, oh, Chicago's so much cooler than he's so much better. And, and he and he just thought of himself as a is a Chicago and a Chicagoan or whatever. <laughs> is that a word? Someone from Chicago, a Chicagoan, <laughs> a Chicagoan. Man, I just made up a fucking word. But anyway, uh, once he went back to Chicago and then came back to Houston, he said he that's when he really embraced the city. And, and, he, and he, he knows, yes, I'm from Chicago, but Houston's my home. And that's how I feel too. Yes, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri originally, but this is where I call home. I actually chose to live here. So why would I sit there and, and talk down to the people that live here like I'm from some better place? If I'm from a better place, then I need to go the fuck back to that better place. Hear what I'm saying? So if you don't understand why people have um, territorial pride of go the fuck back to your country or whatever, well, that's why. Is because if I guarantee most people... 99 out of 100, if some Mexican comes here and they're flying the American flag and they're wearing an American flag t-shirt and hat and learning, they know the Star Spangled Banner and the Constitution like the back of their hand and, and they just eating cheeseburgers and fucking wearing cowboy boots and, you know, driving a big pickup truck, they will be greeted with open fucking arms is because we want people that love America. America is great because the people in our country love our country and love what we stand for. At least that's the way it used to be. But now we have more and more people that actually think America sucks. And ironically, those people have never fucking been anywhere else. I would love for these people to go to Mexico and go to fucking Chihuahua or go to fucking Juarez and say, oh, 
you know, I want to experience your culture. And all of a sudden they get their head fucking lopped off. You know, there's a reason they're coming over here. You know, it's not fucking great there. Even in the vacation spots, they fucking suck. There's a reason why they tell you not to drink the water. When's the last time you traveled somewhere in America and someone said, hey, don't drink the fucking water? (laughs) You know, it never fucking happens. We all don't drink the water. We'll buy our fucking Fiji and smart water, but we can if we wanted to. Okay, because our country fucking rules. It kicks ass. And you're a fucking idiot if you don't believe that America is the greatest country in the world. One, you're stupid, or two, you've never been anywhere else. We are head and shoulders above um, any other country. Maybe not Australia. Australia is pretty fucking cool. But you talk to people that live in Australia, and there's a lot of wacky fucking crazy laws down there too, you know? Um, I mean, I just bought a fucking rifle, you know, and and it was... You know, it took 20 minutes to go buy a fucking rifle. Go try to do that in other fucking countries, you know? Um, And I'm not a big gun nut, but if I want to go shoot, I'm glad I didn't have to go through a thousand million different fucking things, you know? Um, Does that mean that I don't want, you know, smart gun regulations? Yes, that's, that's fine. But when I say smart gun regulations, it's, you know, are you a felon? Okay, let's check to make sure you're not a felon. You know, I don't, I don't have a have a problem with that. But you know, a someone buying a bolt action fucking rifle should not be a big deal when I can kill ten times as many people with my fucking jeep. You know, you don't do a background check before you buy sell me a fucking F one fifty. So a bolt action rifle, how much damage can I really fucking do with that? You know, I can kill five people if I'm a really good shot, and I'm a very quick at at the lever action, you know, or at the, uh, the, the action of the bolt. That's it. But I could kill dozens of people just running them over in the fucking street. We've, we've seen that on the news, but we have this weird, you know, kind of going off on a tangent and we're not talking about guns, but my, my point is that we have a lot of freedom here and we don't want to piss it away. And, and the freedom comes at a price. Sometimes it, the, sometimes we got to break a few eggs but we don't want to lose our fucking freedoms. And and we want people to come to America, but we also want them to earn it. We also want people that want to be here. We don't want people that I, I went to I went to college with this kid that he was born in Mexico. Um, you know, he's a citizen now. He immigrated here, did all, you know, went through it the proper way. His his parents aren't citizens, but they are permanent residents. And, um, when we were playing Mexico in like a world cup, like qualifying match or whatever. And, w- and I lived in this town that was like predominantly Hispanic. Like actually there was more Hispanics. It was like 49% Hispanic and only like 44%, um, Caucasian or something. So it's predominantly Hispanic or, you know, they were the majority in the certain neighborhoods. Of course they were 99% of the population. Anyway, long story short. We're playing Mexico, and all his buddies and stuff were waving Mexico Mexican flags, cheering for Mexico. He was the only Mexican-American that I saw that was cheering for America. And I asked him, and I said, why are you cheering for America? I thought you were Mexican. He goes, I'm an American. <laughs> I left Mexico. 
And he goes, you know, when I was 16 in Mexico, I was going back to visit my family and I got kidnapped for three fucking days and held for ransom. And, you know, it wasn't super traumatizing. They weren't like super mean to me or anything like that, but that's just a normal thing. If you come back to Mexico, they assume if you're from America or you're living in America now that you make money and they're, and you're, you're going to be a target for kidnapping. And he goes, why the fuck would I cheer for that? country and the corrupt politicians and, and what that country stands for. And he goes, I'm proud of where I came from, my heritage, but this is my home. I chose to be here. Uh, this is who I'm going to cheer for. And I, and I like that. It's not that I, I was mad if he cheered for Mexico, but I was so happy to hear that he understood that America is better than Mexico. Okay. It is this, this, you know, we, 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 we're getting wrapped around the axle, especially liberal America, where you cannot say that. That's that if some fucking bedwetting liberal heard me say that, they would assume that that's hate speech. They'd be like, oh, my God, he is being so mean to Mexico and Mexicans. And yes, whatever. Is that mean to say? So for me to say, hey, this brand new Lexus is better than this fucking Yugo or this. Uh, you know, Ford Pinto, that's just an accurate statement. That's not a judgment call. America is better than Mexico, period. There's not one thing that Mexico has except maybe Mexican food. (laughs) Their Taco Bells are better than our Taco Bells are here. But seriously, Mexican culture is awesome. But the country of Mexico, as it stands right now, today, is not as good as America, period, end of story, end of fucking discussion. And I can go ahead and go throw Mexico out the fucking window and insert any country here. Italy is one of my favorite countries to fucking visit. I love that country. The best food. People are awesome. Uh, You know, they're... If you go to Florence, there's like no crime. You go to Rome, lots of crime. But my point is that there's there's so many great things to do in Italy. Wouldn't want to live there. Why? Because I have a really good friend that lived there for a decade, and he couldn't wait to get the fuck out because he goes, you have no idea the level of corruption until you live in a place like Italy. You think there's corruption in America, but you have no idea. And, you know, go over to the U.K., and, you know, see what kind of rights that you have over there, like with buying firearms and stuff like that, right? Um, you know, some of the laws of, of just trying to get automobile insurance, trying the price of gas certain places. I mean, you just don't know until you go to these other countries. And there's a reason why we have so many people immigrating here. And, you know, England has a lot of people immigrating there because it's like the best place that's over in Europe. But if people could get over to America, they're always going to pick America over anything else. I mean, we are so fucking lucky. Uh, I mean, America is the only place, the only country that, I mean, we have mountains, check. Beaches, check. We have, you know, deserts, check. We have like, you know, really, I don't want to say tropical climates, but, you know, go down to Miami, check. We have, you know, ski slopes and ice fishing and stuff like that. Northern Minnesota, check. You know, you have, you know, lobster on this fucking side, sushi on this fucking side. There's, you know, surfing. You know, you got 
if you get outside the um, continental United States, of course, we've got Hawaii, we've got Alaska. We have everything in this country as far as environment, you know? You go over to England, you you get one thing. You get shitty, cloudy, rainy weather, period. <laughs> I mean, here, you can go to L.A. It's completely different than living where I'm at here in Wyoming where it's already 30 degrees in the morning, you know? And it's, you know, it, in certain places, it's still in the fucking 90s all day. You know, here, the high was like 50 today. So my point is that there we, we have the best of everything in America as far as climate, as far as people, as far as, you know, um, you know, cities, wide open spaces, super populated areas, sparsely populated areas. Yeah, we you just have a little bit of everything. It's awesome. People want to come here and we want people to come here, but we have to figure out a way to make sure that it happens through a process. And that might mean clamping down for the next year, two years, three years, five years, whatever. Like I said, this is just my idea. This isn't, or an, an idea. This isn't a hardcore belief. This isn't like, I haven't done all the research. I haven't looked into all the stuff, but people need to have a conversation about it. What do we want? What are we trying to accomplish? What do we want to represent as Americans? And the last thing I'm going to say, that's kind of an, an analogy um, that I teach in the military and I teach it in, um, when I'm, when I'm doing any kind of self-help stuff with people or giving people advice on living their life. Uh, cause I do a lot of counseling and stuff like that for, for younger people. And this is what I say. And here's the analogy that I use. Okay. If you're in a firefight in a combat zone and, um, you're shooting at the enemy and they're shooting at you and your buddy gets hit. Okay, this is pretty much infantry tactics 101. But what do you do? Do you render aid for your buddy? Do you just when he's screaming his screaming bloody murder, do you do you you know, uh pull him off the battlefield? Do you try to get him behind cover and then start shooting the enemy again? What what do you do? And the the first thing that you do in that situation is you have to block out your buddy's mortal fucking screams. And if it's just if if you're it's just you and your buddy, there's nobody else. You have to re-engage that target, kill that target, then render aid to your buddy. Because if you drop your weapon and try to save your buddy, well, now you are going to be the next casualty. So if you can't kill that bad guy in time, you might not be able to save your buddy, and your buddy dies, but you're still alive. But if you drop your weapon to help your buddy and try to save him and you get shot, both of you die. You have to, and the analogy is this, this is the lesson to, to take away from this, is you have to sometimes help yourself before you can help someone else for the purpose of if you help yourself first, you're in a better position to help somebody second. If you're not right with yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, you can't help other people. You can't give advice to somebody when you're all fucked up. Okay. You can't financially help somebody unless your bills are paid. Okay. 
you can't if you're if you're trying to do the the Spartan race or the fucking tough mudder and you're trying to get up that big wall, you can't help somebody get up that wall if you can't get up it yourself. You it's so much easier to help somebody from the top of that wall than from the bottom of that wall. Okay? Cuz if you let them stand on your shoulders and they get up there, you know, um how are you going to you still need to get up there, right? You got to help yourself first. You got to put yourself in a position to win. And as a country, we have our own problems here and they're becoming ever increasing is because we keep looking at the shiny object somewhere else in the world. And there comes a time where we got to say, all right, I understand there's a lot of Mexicans that need help. There's people in Pakistan that want to immigrate here. There's people that are good people from, you know, Middle Eastern countries that want to, that want to come here. There's good people from um, Asian countries that want to come here, but we got to make sure that we are good. So when we do open our borders again, so when we do allow immigration, um, no matter if it's big or small, that we have a country worth coming to. The worst thing that we can do is solve our immigration policy by being a shitty country and nobody wants to come here anymore. It's a good thing that people want to come here. That means we're doing something right. But we have to have systems in place. And it doesn't, I'm not saying to kick out the uh, the dreamers or DACA. I'm not saying to stop immigration. I'm not saying to open the borders or close the borders. What I'm saying is we need to have a conversation and say, what is America? Not what it has it been in the past. What is it in 2017? If we keep trying to be the same thing we've always been, it's not going to work. You have to evolve. We have to evolve as a society, as a country. We have to figure out what we're going to be because if we don't help ourselves, how can we help the rest of the world? If it wasn't for us right now, there's probably three different uh, country monarchies or dis, uh, dictatorships or oligarchies or or whatever you want to you know whatever category they fit in that would be destroying other countries. Russia would invade former Soviet Union countries and try to take them back. Kim Jong-un would be destroying South Korea uh, and Japan. Uh, China would be doing all kinds of fucking shady shit. Pakistan um, would be trying to wipe Israel off the fucking face of the planet. Maybe India. They'd be India and Pakistan would be wiping each other off the face of the planet and some other, uh, maybe Saudi Arabia would be taking out fucking, you know, uh, Israel. But the one thing that keeps all of that shit from happening is America. You take America out of that equation, all that shit is a very strong possibility of happening. America is the only thing that keeps the wheels from completely falling off. And we're not perfect, and we've, we've done some things wrong, but let, let's be honest, people. To sit there and go, well, you know, America's done some bad things too. Well, God... You know, sometimes you got to break a fucking few eggs. Sometimes we have to do the dirty work because nobody else wants to fucking do it in this world. And we, we have to look bad to keep this shit fucking going and keep ourselves from as a human race from imploding. And I'm not going to pat ourselves on the back like we're saints. We're not. 
but we are the last superpower and we have to remain a superpower or the whole world's going to slowly crumble. That's how important our leadership is for the rest of humanity, for the freedom of other people. Who else is going to step up to the plate? France, Finland, Austria, Switzerland, Papua New Guinea, Saudi Arabia, Greenland. I mean, who is it? Who is going to take the lead on all this shit? I don't know. Maybe we need to take a step back in the world. It's too early to tell. But one thing I do know is we have some huge problems in this country and we just need to do some house cleaning. We need to self-assess. And then we can start helping the world again. Here's one of the last things I'll say before I sign off. Mexico, when Hurricane... Harvey um, destroyed part of Houston and flooded it and all these people were in need. Mexico came and said, hey, we're going to fucking help out. We're going to give you guys some aid. And I thought to myself, how fucking cool is that? We're not just always handing out where we can receive now. Within a week, they retracted that because a hurricane or an earthquake or both fucking (laughs) hit Mexico And they're like, oh, sorry, we need our shit now. So we are rescinding that. We are not helping. Not only were you not helping, we're now going to request aid from you. Right after they said that, another hurricane hit Florida. If that doesn't get you to understand our place in the fucking world, we are like the parents that, uh, you know, have good jobs, make money, and our kids don't understand the value of a dollar and so they constantly have their fucking hand out. And one day they get a wild hair up their ass and they're like, you know what? Mom and dad's anniversary is coming up. We ought to, you know, all us siblings ought to buy them something really, really nice. So they go and they plan this extravagant, like second honeymoon and vacation for their parents and to show them that thank you for everything you've done. And now we're going to help you guys out. And then they go and knock on the parents door and say, Hey, Mom, Dad, can we borrow some money? But it's something for something really good. It's not for us. It's for you guys. <laughs> That's kind of what Mexico is like. Hey, give us a lot of fucking money, a lot of aid. Let's, you know, try to solve our problems for us. And, hey, we're going to fucking help you. Nah, just kidding. Now we want more help again. And that's how most of these countries are, is is we're doing things for them. They're not doing anything for us. Mexico, I'm not mad at them because they understood, hey, we got to worry about our own housekeeping before we help out America. We have all these problems now. We can't worry about America. We got to worry about us. Cool. We need to do the same thing. We need to say, sorry, rest of the world. We got to fix our shit and be in a good place economically. Then we can help you guys. I think it sounds like a good idea, but leave your comments down below and tell me, wait, wait, this isn't YouTube. Sorry. Hey, if you want to fucking send me a message on Twitter, um, then you need to get a life, but think about that stuff. 
and uh, voice your opinions about it. Have conversations about it. You know, start your own podcast or leave a comment um, on your Facebook or YouTube channel or Twitter or whatever else. But people, don't be afraid to have conversations about this. Just don't go into it with a with a closed-minded ideology. Hopefully you didn't, you got that impression from this podcast that I'm not telling you this is what we have to do. These are just some ideas and I would like to hear a counter argument to some of these things. So, you know, as always, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for downloading this. Um, Thank you for the support. Uh, Please spread the word. Um, If you haven't added me on Twitter, do that, a foot podcast at Twitter. Uh, go to my website if if you want, download this. I don't care about leaving a comment or anything. I just like to know that there's people that are getting something out of this because there's a lot of podcasts I listen to and um, not every podcast is exactly what, you know, what somebody um, wants every single day, but there's certain podcasts that I'll, on that particular day, that podcast was like, oh man, that was an awesome podcast. And even if it's, I don't have that feeling about that, for another month or something, that's still pretty awesome that we have all this content of regular people that are are putting out their perspectives and their ideas. And um, I do see a groundswell in this uh, in this country where hopefully people are getting more involved in um, personal growth. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just my little fucking world. So thank you for the support, everybody. As always. Be good to one another. Till next time, I'm Johnny Doe. Peace.